All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm your host, Tyler Friel, and fully aware that I've been dark for a few weeks now. <laughs> I've had two different people ask me, what's up? Is the, po- is the podcast over? I haven't heard anything for a while. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, no, I think the last one we did was about your bear. Well, Nick, we recapped Nick, Nick and Steph yeah. and my bear and going up and, yeah. The and video- the video of your bear was freaking cool, though. Watching him swat the willows. Well, yeah, that part was cool. The part, yeah, that that was, wasn't, <laughs> the part that wasn't cool was all the missing. What is doing. this whizzing coming around my knocker? Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I did lean over to Frank. I'm like, just slinging enough arrows with that bear. You're going to piss him off, and I'm going to have to shoot him. Yeah. But mm. uh, anyway, I guess before I get too carried away, um, Frank Schultz, Dr. Frank Schultz is back, and uh, also Temple Dillard been uh, wanting to get you on the podcast for a while. Temple's a super cool dude. And, oh, thank you. And uh, you're from Mexico, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm from Twin Hills, Alaska. Nobody's ever heard of it till now. Um, just uh, born and raised here in Alaska, looking at you prans- uh, transplants like, what the hell are you doing here? You, <laughs> white, you white guys. You guys need to go back where you came from. <laughs> Sons of bitches oh boy (laughs) set the tone right away yeah exactly it's not the first time i've heard that (laughs) right but uh probably the first time in jest but uh yeah so So, i guess to kind of like catch catch everybody up the first you know couple weeks of of being dark a was busy and i was kind of in in a what would you call that? Self-loathing period. Self-loathing period. So well, I, did, I don't know about you, but I was working. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I ended up losing a grizzly. Oh, which, Ooh, that has happened since, huh? That has happened since. Ah, I uh, yes. It was right, like I think it was about a week left in the season, and finally got first opportunity I got at a at a nice grizzly. Came in and. Uh, I don't know. I've replayed it in my mind like five hundred times, five hundred thousand times. But yeah. uh, came in. Long story short, came in, turned broadside, and I drew, and he turned just slightly quarter and two. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, halfway up, right behind the shoulder, middle of both lungs. And I don't know what happened. Everything felt perfect. The shot felt perfect. She just dropped out of the sky. Well, you're actually and, in a stone point. Yeah, you know, on a wood shaft, and 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 hit low, and so you know. To kind I of thought look. I looked at the video and I thought the shot looked really good. I thought and, so, too, but I don't initially. know a whole lot about about bow hunting. And I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it and I was like, "That looks great." I sent the video to my brother who bow hunts a lot. Yeah. Within thirty seconds, his reply was, "That bear is totally alive. Yeah, no issue. That thing's totally fine. Yeah, uh, way too low." And my my initial reaction, of course, is like, "Oh no, low!" And then you know it hit went through you know there went about point went through him and it stopped and my initial thoughts oh i hope i got his heart like because it was right there like couldn't have missed his heart by more than a couple inches if that right. but the quarter and two angle which you know you may get may get criticized but i was aiming for the middle of both you know both lungs and through 
two, three inches higher, and that thing would have been dead in mm. 50 yards. You're so, going to get criticized no matter what you do. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Haters are going to hate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but uh, I don't think anyone's could be harder on me than I was on myself. I looked yeah. looked for that bear for 12 hours, more than 12 hours, and uh, ran out of, you know, initially I had, I was pretty, not confident, but it was encouraging back there just bleeding everywhere for like 100 yards and i kept being like all right he's going to be right on the other side of these bushes yeah and just slowly petered out and the last blood i found was like three quarters of a mile or so Mm. and my gut's like this bear ain't dead because you know if it had been a gut shot or something where they are gonna die yeah it'd been one thing but they start laying down too. If they're gut shot, you know they're not going to go too too far before they're laid down. Yeah, as far forward. And then I I don't think I got any lung because he wasn't bleeding out his mouth, wasn't coughing up. But yeah. uh, it'd have been frothy too, wouldn't it? Yeah. So anyway, I was just like borderline dep- clinically depressed after that, just beating myself up. But you know. Shit happens. It does. <clears throat> at least you can reuse that arrow. That I can reuse good. that arrow. It's it a good way to look at it, right? <laughs> went through, and and it, as he ran down the trail, it hung the, the point hung up on brush, I'm assuming, and yanked it all the way through, because the arrow went all the way through him. That's amazing. It's like how careful you are with those things, and they're like in yeah. foam and in a yeah. case and everything, and then you're like, <laughs> you shoot it, and it gets through ripped a through a bear, and it still is totally fine. Yeah. And uh, long story short, I did get did get that bear back on camera before the end of the season. I never got mm-hmm. another shot, but uh, so that that was nice. I mean, you always hate to. That's like the worst thing. And exactly, you think something's dead somewhere and you can't out, find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he comes suffering. back to yeah. the same spot he for com- a group for a snack. Yeah, although he's gonna be he's gonna be a tough one to kill. I bet you. Well, he's wise to you now. He's wise now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, just I'm kind of. I don't know, I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to that stuff. And it just, just shit happens sometimes, like, is what I keep telling myself. Because yeah. not all year I didn't miss by that far. Right. Right. So, anyway, we're going to close that chapter. Right. <laughs> just like, going to be, you know. Now that I've told everybody about it, <laughs> I don't have on. to think about it anymore. <laughs> well, there's, I mean, kind of a, a thing like that. I mean, so much a lot you know, initially it's like oh i just don't want to tell anybody yeah. you know is, is how the net kind of the natural reaction to it i think but that's never my reaction i'm like i want to tell everybody but, when i flail <laughs> but <laughs> learn we from, know learn from my mistakes please someone <laughs> watch your buttons yeah watch your buttons yeah. on your shirts anyway so yeah after that and then july has just been crazy busy and uh so yeah i mean for i think for all of us july has been just crazy busy Busy, yeah. nice weather. Busy. It's been too nice. It's been like it's been, whatever. I don't want to hear any complaining. Uh, well, the the nice thing though is that there's not any smoke. Usually, when it's this nice, you expect it to be snow and ash on your vehicle. Yeah, yeah. No, it ha- it's. I love it. I'll take eighty five degrees every day. I don't care. Yeah. I like it. Suck it up. Remember it in no. January. Yeah, that's fair. I guess. Yeah, you I, can always layer up. Exactly. It's hard to get more naked. <laughs> I was born naked. <laughs> but uh yeah, anyway, I mean we didn't really talk about what we we're gonna talk about tonight, just kind of a 
Yeah. Yes, and we're all kind of gearing up for the fall, which shortly follows the spring. Yeah. Everybody's gearing up. There is not enough time between spring and fall to get ready for for fall. No. I'm not ready yet. I'm still, I'm kind of starting to get a little little twitch going about how I'm going to get to where I'm going. Yeah, and and we're not two weeks out of the opener. That's right. You guys hunt sheep. That that happens a lot earlier than uh, than moose. Eleven days, I think. Yeah, is when twelve days possibly is when I'm trying to go. Holy crap! Go early. I want to be ready in there and locate prior to when the clock strikes midnight. <laughs> well, maybe that would be nice. It's that that would totally. I would not complain for one second about that. I'm not going to, you know, put all my eggs in one basket, but I don't know. I'm just kind of, I always get this time of year, I'm kind of like, I always get a ram, but I'm always like thinking, how can I possibly do this again? (laughs) I, I, yeah, I always get nervous that it's not going to happen is what it comes down to, or something's going to get screwed up or something, you know, and I'm like dealing with no acl this year which is a new one for yeah. me that i blew my knee out and i'm gonna try and do the whole thing with minus an acl on one of my knees you got your bionic knee though right well yeah but that only goes so far so, are you bringing a rifle or a bow this year frank yeah i'm bringing a rifle <laughs> yeah i need to practice a little more with a bow before i decide that i'm gonna go with go that throat for sheep. shoot a sheep yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. If I if yeah. I go to my far away spot, I'm probably bringing a rifle. But in the neighborhood, I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping to put a piece of wood through Bullwinkle. Is what I'm hoping. Heck yeah! And even out there in my area, you know, it's like I had somebody last year was like, "Oh, if you're ever, you know, on the way into work in the morning, you see a bull and it's mm. in the bow area mm. after you get because I live in rifle like where my house is, you can shoot with a rifle yeah. anywhere around, oh. but you only go a little ways and you're back into the town, you know, the yep. ring around town there that you can only hunt with a bow. So there's a few people that are like, "Yeah, if you see one, call me. I'll go right out there with the bow and I'll give you a shout if I see one." It happens, you, you know. Yeah, we've generally we see a few in our neighborhood, but I, I up until this year I never had my bow cert, so I wasn't. Now you're on it, right? Now I'm on it. Yeah, here's hoping. Yeah, well, last year was a weird. I uh, didn't see a single bull in town all moose season, and the season in town's open until the 25th. Mm-hmm. And is is it still this year? That's I think. I yeah, looked. I think I haven't looked either. I'm thinking it is just see. Oh, there's the book and right side, there. sidebar, those regs are, are printed wrong. I was re- flipping through them, and then I'm like, I already saw this page. They don't even have all the... Jeez. Oh, and, and to be clear, they're not the regulations. It's the handy-dandy mm-hmm. reference book. It's yeah. a, just the reference. <laughs> Insert yeah. asterisk here. But uh, So what do you mean that they're, they're not right? What are you saying? Well, that, it, I, I haven't looked through more than one. That particular book, I, th- I think it's that one, is printed wrong, like... It's got duplicates of some and not all of it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Because flip through, because it goes up to like from the front, it goes up to like unit fifteen, then like backs up. Oh, I yeah. Couldn't. That's why I couldn't find <laughs> unit, unit twenty. It's because it's out of order. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I didn't I have, know that I saw Unit 20 in there. I That's funny because I pick them up and I flip through and I look at all the pictures of all the kids, yeah. all the animals that they've well, killed, and then I throw the thing to the side because I <laughs> typically know where I'm going and like, yeah. you know, if it's not right in the beginning that something in a unit that I'm going to hunt has Holy changed. Crap. Yeah, well, and then, that that's how I noticed that that one I was flipping through looking at the picture of the kids with their animals and I'm like, wait, did did I stop and go back? Because I already saw this picture. Where is Temple still looking for I'm unit twenty? I'm still trying. To, yeah, it's, I don't think it's in there. I don't think so either. It went from like seventeen to twenty-two. Yeah, it went from seventeen. To when 22. did you get? Where did you get that? At fishing game. Because I've gotten a couple of them. So I picked one up at fishing game and I grabbed one at uh, Century, and they both have unit twenty in there. What the? Maybe I'm they sure. fixed it part. Maybe they fixed it part way through and didn't bother to recall the incorrect ones. I got it right when they came out. I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Who knows? It's not in there, huh? Maybe, maybe that's the only... It's a keeper. It's a keeper, yeah. Sell that. They sell that in the future. The only wrong one. Misprint. But, uh, I'm going to go pay by page and, by page now. Anyway, so last year, the season, in, like the rifle season in most of 20B, closed the 20th. Yep. I didn't see a single bull moose in town or around town. Shot my moose. I saw like eight different bulls around town after, after I shot that, that moose. Jeez. Wow. And uh, so it's just like. But a, that was the last day, right? The, no, that was the, the last day of the rifle season. But in the bow zone, I saw Goes like five in, bulls oh, after okay, that. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. But uh, I'll tell you the story. My my bow zone bull, it's the only one I've killed with a bow in the bow. Well, <laughs> the only one I've killed in the bow zone. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Temple just about I spit out you. all his beer. Yeah. Because of <laughs> yeah, it was funny the way he, that he, fell out. Yeah, the way it no. came out was like it's the only one I killed with a, with a bow in the bow. <laughs> we know that's not so. We know that's not so. It's just how it sounded. But it was my dad. It was like Labor Day. My dad was having a barbecue at his oh, house, yeah. and that spring from the archery club at the banquet we did auction off some of the old 3d targets he bought a elk and was missing the antlers <laughs> and had it in the backyard and no. it was kind of it was chilly so we were eating inside and someone oh there's a moose and this little bull you know about a three-year-old little paddle bull came walking in the yard and i'm running for his garage i didn't have my bow but back there stringing like, up a bow what do, and what do we got like, where's some air <laughs> you know where's your broadheads <laughs> anyway i was and I walk, walked out of the garage, and he's over there rubbing his neck up on the neck of that elk target. He thought oh, it was a cow yeah. moose. And I thought he was going to be sparring with it. Yeah. And, oh. Well, I, I start walking over there to him, and of course, you don't, I mean, white teeth, like, I'm not hiding from anybody. <laughs> he's over there rubbing his neck on that elk target, and I just, <laughs> and kind of rocking back and forth. And I got about 15 yards from him. He turned, got all hackled up, and... <laughs> <laughs> to like back, take backpedal a little bit. Was, he thought I was going to try to run him off his his styrofoam girlfriend. But uh, long story short, that was his last Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he came to the party but didn't leave. <laughs> yeah. So you ever need to decoy decoy a bull moose? Just set elk 3D target in your yard. That's not a bad deal. I can't. I mean, well, my dad had said afterwards he's like, happens. you know. I noticed that thing been knocked over a couple mornings. So that thing had yeah. been in there. Yeah. No doubt. 
so poor they, guy. They're they're that uh, ornery come Labor Day. That's that's good. He to was hit. anyway. Yeah, younger, younger bull. Yeah, he's like, man, I got this cow. She don't talk back. She don't move. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bought her on Amazon. <laughs> Don't talk. She's back. always right here, but uh, she never says no. Yeah, so it uh, <laughs> could go on. We, could, we should stop just, right, yeah, we should, right now. Yeah. Stop this line of thought yeah. right now. Yeah, but uh, so moose hunting. Do anything else this fall, Temple? Uh just moose and caribou. If I get more time, I, if I could get more time, I, I work a regular job. It's it's hard to. It's hard to get out, but um, I'm hoping to get out. And if I can, if I can stick Bullwinkle in the in the neighborhood with a bow, that would just be wonderful. Then when we go um, on the long trip, I'll bring my bow. Maybe I'll get a caribou with it too. Um, if, it's real hard to go up a long ways and not bring the rifle. Like you, yeah. you talk about hiking for days for trying to shoot a sheep. If there's a if there's a rifle on the mountain, you're going to use it. Well, it's hard for me to, because we don't we don't buy any dang meat from the store. It's all it's all what I can unless it's bacon. Bacon's bacon, good. Bacon we buy from the store. But if the pigs make it this far north, I'm going to learn how to make bacon. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's with with three kids and my wife and me to feed. It's hard for me to to want to play with my food with a bowl. If I if in the weapons restricted area, of course you got no choice. But uh, if I go out to where I can use a rifle, it's real hard. The idea of you know trying to get the year's meat supply and yeah. within forty or fifty yards. Yeah, it uh, that's definitely a real thing though with with sheep. I mean, I've been too chicken to take my bow, and I'm not doing it this year. <laughs> hmm. I keep telling myself next year. Especially if this if if this tag goes real well, then what have I got to lose? Yeah, well, Nothing judging but. by your wall here, if you can, I mean, I understand the toke tag is is something special, so I wouldn't I wouldn't chance it there. But uh, judging by your wall after this year, there's no reason to not try it. It'd just be a a great box to check off. Yeah, and it definitely will up the challenge. I mean. I don't know, my experience and probably even your experience, you know, you say like we get, and I get super, like I'm, I'm chomping at the bit to go and yeah, like anxious at the same time, like the same type of weird feeling comes up every year. Like how the guys down there poking around, I'm like, man, these mountains are big. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it's the same thing. We talk about this every single year and it's like, you twitch about it. I, it starts with me like three, four weeks before I'm start like, oh, am I going to get a ram? So how's this going to break down? And then as soon as you start walking the first day, it's all gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Yep. Back it's in like, the groove again. It's like medicine. Yeah. That's what it is. Exactly. I spend all summer just going crazy about moose season is it going to work is the trailer is is a hub going to go out is the motor going to run is the boat going to sink and then in that first hour or so on the on the river yeah at the tiller it's like medicine i stopped giving a damn yeah just, just enjoy it heck yeah there's something very therapeutic about oh yeah all kinds of that stuff like running the boat mm. 
like you were saying, you've been you haven't been able to get out as much as you wanted to, and it's killing you. Oh, it's I kind of burnt kind of burnt out in May and June or April, May and June. It was yeah. a lot of boat time, boy. It was May, just May. We didn't get out in April mm. this year, but uh, no, yeah, could have with a mud motor. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> we can get into that a little later. <laughs> Scooting it across the ice, but uh, yeah, and uh, let's see where was I going? Something with. Yeah, this the amount sheep. of boat time that was spent uh, yeah, this guys, spring was... You guys went on some long hauls there. Yeah. I mean, the distance you went just to get where you were putting up camp is is a, is a long ways. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you got to stop and stretch, it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's borderline on too much boat time. Although that thing, the first trip, round trip, 35 gallons of gas. Nice. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. 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 But... uh so I've been super happy with that motor. Um, but well, some, yeah, went from a two-stroke jet to a four-stroke jet. So yeah, and now I'm like, ah, those are obnoxious two strokes. <laughs> right, immediately <laughs> judging people. We're sitting, we're sitting there, sitting there fishing, and my dad's got a reposition or something, and fires that thing up. Ah, them stupid two strokes. Sounds like a chainsaw. It smells <laughs> like a two. Yeah. But uh, which speaking of that, I gotta get some serious firewood cut too. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a, as soon as the snow's gone, firewood guy. I yeah. can't do it. I look at my woodshed and I just I'm like I can't ease off until it's you're cheating. Full you're again. buying your firewood this well, year. Whatever I buy your firewood. <laughs> I, st- I straight up stole Tyler's firewood right out from underneath. Oh him. my god, he did. Yeah, yeah. My I didn't even know about it until after the fact. Like the firewood all got dumped there, and then I started talking to the guy, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm getting this stuff up, such and such." And I was like, "Wait a minute!" It's like you're the guy that Tyler was just talking shit. <laughs> Some guys in there taking all my good firewood. <laughs> I took a picture and sent it to Tyler. I was like, "Hey, guess, guess who's got all your firewood?" <laughs> Yeah, this is the first year ever that I've actually bought firewood that I was like timid with my knee about ripping around in the woods and trying, you know, cutting what because I was still it was pretty. Yeah. it's come a long ways over the course of the summer. My knee has, but boy, this you know, in May when I normally do my firewood, I was kind of like still not feeling real good about it, and I was like, you know what? I think this year, if I want to. Make sure I don't hurt this any more than it already is and be able to hunt this fall. I should probably just get somebody to come and dump Tyler's firewood right in my <laughs> woodshed. <laughs> well, because I think I had told Frank about this plan, and granted, like, it's not the dude's fault. But, no, but he got, he it, was. This, it's just funny how this worked oh, out. Yeah, my, bro- my brother in law was clear and, you know, I basically had to clear a driveway and clear some trees on this property, bought to build a house. And there's a bunch of good birch in there. Ooh. And you get that birch cut in the spring, cut and split in the spring, like she's ready to roll by yep. fall. Oh, yeah. And so he's, oh, yeah, I got all this. And then, you know, my brother-in-law told me, oh, Scott's going up there. And, and like, he was going to do do some clearing and whatnot. And get up there, yeah, Scott pretty much cut all the birch, but he left all the aspen. No. <laughs> I was like, that son of a... <laughs> yeah. So I had told Frank all about this, and then he figures it out later, so it was... What's totally weird, too, is because <laughs> the guy comes over to my house with firewood. I get his name from a friend of mine. Oh, yeah, this guy's got birch. He'll cut it and bring it over, and I opted to split it all myself, yeah. but 
Well, you got I was a splitter, like, so why not? Bring it over, dump it. So he comes over, and we start um, offloading the truck. We start talking, and so when I got done framing last summer, he took my position and started working for the guy framing. Then the this all summer before that, he ran the truss truck that delivered all the trusses for all the houses <laughs> that I framed. Then further down the line, we keep talking. He's like, well, yeah, I, I moved back up here after I got done high school. I went to high school in Vermont. We went to the same high school <laughs> in Vermont. Such a small world. It's unbelievable. And then at the end of the conversation, I find out that he's bringing me all Tyler's firewood. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how small the world is. It's amazing, man. Like I was just blown away. I was like, all these little tiny things that all played out and i was like this can't even be real it's like a dream yeah kind of like when we met it was pristine and then some son of a bitch started walking up to where i was sitting yeah i was like who's this prick that's down there <laughs> hunting in my spot i gotta run him off <laughs> yeah yeah just random random stuff meeting people out in the middle of nowhere out in the woods thinking you got the whole place to yourself and no, and then there's some other assholes. Somewhere. I've always been told, always act like somebody's watching because normally they are. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was getting into the the sheep the sheep stuff. Something something about we we're on a trail that I wanted to go down that I've since totally forgot on uh, the bow stuff. Oh well, for one thing, after this year. Well, it was Hopefully. last year Faith told me that I can't mount any more sheep unless I kill them with a bow or That's a good reason or they're to start 40 bow inches. Hunting. Oh <laughs> yeah. boy. Well, once you start bow hunting, they're all they're all big. Yeah. All the legal rams are if big. It's legal, it's dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe by next year I'll be ready. I'll have tuned up my bow skills enough to be able to go with a bow because I'd like to, I'm not going to go to 11 or 12 before I switch to a bow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told somebody, I was like, my goal is just to kill one with a bow before Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> You've told me that. <laughs> I know. I know. I told you that. <clears throat> oh, so. what a sour day that would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, oh. I'm, I'm looking at all these, wondering about all the miles you guys hiked to find these dang things. And it was that, a lot. And then, and then I was seeing they weren't legal, but they were they were rams from the tiller of my boat last year. It was yeah, none of them were legally, of course, but it was just so cool to see them. I'm I'm a boat hunter. Um, if I don't see it from the tiller of my boat, it's unlikely that it's going to get shot. But you guys are just crazy, and it's fantastic that you'll go through that and. I don't know. I I might have to start doing it though, cause I think I have roughly like a little over three hundred miles on my boots for the four rams that I've killed. Oh my! Give gosh. or take, you know, fifteen or twenty miles, whatever. Well, it's, if I can remember, that was the first one I killed. Seventeen or eighteen miles from the truck. So, but round trip, obviously. Yep. Um, so yeah, 17, 18 miles one way. Yeah. Okay. Packing your camp and then your camp and it. Yeah. Or did you do multiple trips? 
Um, Probably one. We only got one. It was my cousin and I, both of our first sheep hunts, and we got that one, and so we split it up. Of course, we were both had way too much stuff so probably about the same weight as if i'd had what i carry now and old sheep yeah but uh that one i went by myself shot him 17 miles from the airstrip packed him and camp all the way back in in one load that's a double broomer that's a nice sheep um that one that was actually pretty close that was only like six or seven miles i think from where we got dropped off that one was 14 miles. So that one looks more beefy in the in the bases than the the previous one. Is, yeah, that is was that just a, a perception thing. Or? No, I think he's he's got decently heavy bases, and sometimes they in some rams just the way their base is oriented, like uh, some of the rams that grow straight back, almost uh-huh. straight. They look like they grow straight back and around. Um, sometimes some of them like that one, their horn the side of their horn is turned out a little more uh-huh. but he's not a bad one so what did you do do all these like super close hunts and then start hunting with me and decide we're gonna just <laughs> hike it no. all over the place <laughs> yeah no I'm like i'm gonna break frank <laughs> yeah. you say only six miles i'm thinking crap that's more than 150 yards which is longer than any moose i've had to pack <laughs> i think he was well my grandpa said so he would my uncle's telling me my grandpa would never shoot a moose that he couldn't back the truck up to. There's something to be said about <laughs> that. With moose, that's hard to argue with, but I've, I've still ended up packing them over 100 yards. I think I don't like shooting them that I can't get a four-wheeler to. Yeah. If I've got the option. That one was 13 or 14 miles. That one was about... 400 yards from where I shot the one last year. So he, yeah. he looks like your your heaviest one. Yeah, he is. So that was a you went, a, the, you went a ways to get that one. Yeah. Yeah. He that was that was the second sheep I killed and there's a reason it took me 10 or 10 or 11 years to get up the gumption to go back that way. <laughs> Cuz that sucked. I think we cuz we we shot him op- I shot him opening morning. And then it just was rain, just torrential downpour all day. The next day we got one and took us 14 hours, both of us with our whole sheep in camp and heavy gear, 14 hours to get out. And that, that's the one I messed my toes up on and they oh, still bother yeah, me. Yeah. And that was 12 years ago now. It's worth taking a couple of days. That one was... To cram it. <clears throat> or 19 miles like each way from their strip but of course you're hunting and yeah, walking all day all that's once. exactly you know it's like then, you're hunting every single day you're putting on 10 12 14 miles a yeah. day on top of 14 or 18 or 20 miles in yeah and out most of the time it's like all right we gotta walk this far till we start hunting yeah oh yeah yeah um and then, you know, I got three in the house that the farthest one was 26 or 27 miles from their strip. Ugh. And then, well, the other one was the one you killed. Well, both those other two, you were with me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, none of them were short walks. Not, no, not even close. So, and people that have done part of the thing with bow hunting, it's funny, you know, you like, you see guys that are only into bow hunting and i understand that and 
there's a certain portion of them that like like in a lot of areas down in the states like you just have so much more opportunity yeah. with a bow so why Longer wouldn't seasons you? more areas yeah and then you know but you hear some of these guys oh yeah i'd, I'd love to go sheep hunting with a bow <laughs> and they never go, i'm like would you yeah it can definitely be done but i my concern is i rely on that as my meat for the winter yeah you know like yeah that's a perfect oh, animal yeah. for me that's a perfect sized animal for me to have meat. So to say that I'm going to go with like a bow. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. tasty. Obviously. It's so, a, so good. So I've, I'd eaten sheep before, but it was ground up with goat and moose or whatever in a burger. Mm-hmm. And then you, I had some steaks over at your place and you brought a piece of steak over to mine. And it was just fantastic. Yeah. It put, it put teeny little tender caribou that I couldn't tell was a bull or a cow until it peed to shame. It no, was it is fantastic. Good. Yeah. I still, I don't know, I've eaten everything now. And I think that cheap's the best. You you come, you say muskox, that you like muskox a little better. The, but well, the one time we compare my, we, you know, like pan seared and mm-hmm. cook muskox and sheep backstrap mm-hmm. together. And in that case, the muskox was, was better. better. It, it's a totally different texture. Like the sheep has that real fine, yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, fine. And it's super tender, yeah, but like a real fine grain to it. If yeah. that makes sense. Oh, Whereas no, muskox exactly is muskox saying. is a lot more like beef. Thicker. It's more like beef than moose, I think. Hmm. Um, like it, it, it's phenomenal too. But a lot of cuts of that muskox, especially the old bulls, you know, have a reputation of being tough, and and they can be. I mean, I, I know, I know all, the, I, all the, the natives out there prefer to shoot the cows. Well, the stuff that I had was good, but <laughs> my my native grandpa, <laughs> bless his soul, he he was the kind of guy who would shoot a pregnant cow moose if he was out ptarmigan hunting with a twenty two if he came across it. And there's a reason for that. All them hormones and stuff in there make that soft. And then there's the veal. I. I hope people aren't too offended by that, but there's ah, veal inside them. that. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's veal in there, you know? It, that was my grandpa. Of course, you know, he grew up in a in a different time where, firstly, there wasn't any law. There was just eating or starving. And then, you know, it, it's hard to break from the way you grew up. He saw it go from dog sleds to Evinrude snow machines. I didn't know they had an Evinrude snow machine. He told wow. me about it. To, you know, semi-modern snow machines, because he passed a few years ago, and he he didn't see some of the things that they've got going on today. But he saw it go from dog sleds to snow machines. He was the kind of guy that, ptarmigan hunting, he would shoot the pregnant cow moose, because, dang, I need the meat, and that's going to be the best meat. Right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, even just a lot of modern hunters, there's just a, such a separation in what people back in the day i don't know their whole like worldview and what they experienced and reasons for why they did things you know like it's you know a lot of people turn their nose up at it but it's it's none of their it's because they're ignorant it's because they're ignorant i agree well a hundred and some years ago and even when my grandpa was a kid 70 some years ago you shot it when you saw it and if you couldn't get it all back home you set up camp and ate, ate it until you could bring it home yeah and some of the 
On, on Facebook, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. <laughs> oh, God. You see some of these guys who romanticize hunting, and that's fine. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I've never been the kind of guy who would, who would look at an animal and go, that one is, even though he's legal, he's not, he's not the right one. I shoot the first legal animal that'll hold still long enough because back home there were times when you had to look at the price of meat at the AC store and go, wow, I'm going to have to buy that because I didn't shoot something. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that ingrains deep and like, I could be a smart ass and be like, oh, so, 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 so you're going to give me shit if I shoot hold out for a nice one down and toe but that's not what no, you're saying not ab- no, no absolutely not you do absolutely that and i'll be happy for you i just i got a reflexive thing and it's it's it cost me some bigger ones the next day probably i don't i don't know for sure but i ate it and it tasted good right moose so far i'm i'm that way man anytime i see a bull moose i get excited like i could be a little bullwinkle forky yeah like he's got antlers yeah (laughs) any bull bam freezer's full (laughs) and actually i i don't know i my wife's giving me a hard time she's like well, Why didn't you shoot a smaller bull? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Last year. Oh, man. Oh, he's like, this bull's tough. You needed to shoot a smaller one. I'm like, well, one didn't walk in front of me first because I would have shot him. <laughs> right? Oh, boy. <laughs> Those uh, young bulls are, are I kind of prefer, yeah. you know, unless oh, yeah. I'm like hunting an area where I know they're like to get just a really big moose. Yeah. Like the young ones, they're easier to work on. Oh. You know, they... They they're as good or better. Not to say you know some big bull can't be good, but generally you shot a bunch of moose. You shot bigger and uh, smaller. I've, I've, Do you notice the difference? Know, I don't know about a bunch, but I've shot I've shot young moose that were barely palmated, and I've shot sixty plus. And in in those few moose uh, that I've shot in that range, the smaller ones tasted better. Yeah, like the the barely palmated, he was yummy. Oh man, he was good. Whereas the sixty-two, some of him come out of the freezer the other day, and I cooked it like I do any of it in the summer anyway. When the weather lets me, I like to cook it on a fire outside mm-hmm. on a grate. Nice. Oh man, and it was chewy as hell. It tasted fine, but it was chewy. It was just huh. Real That's kind of how this bull I got last year was. Um, but I was trying to. Was it late? It was it was September twentieth, so like they were getting in. Yeah, he was with a cow when I fall on a cow around. When that, and that him. was this sixty two. It was it was not quite September twentieth, but it was you know some. It was it was after the fifteenth. Yeah, and they're starting to chase cows pretty hard. I think by that by yeah. that time. So yeah. that could have a lot to do with it too. I know that white tail I shot in Alberta that was like right in the middle of the rut did not taste very good. Really? Yeah. Hmm. But I've, uh, I've heard that ruddy deer are are hard to eat. Yeah, black the black tails I haven't really noticed. I mean, I, all the ones I I've shot killed black right tail in the and rut. white tail both in the rut and had no issues yeah. with, with with them tasting bad. Some. Um, my my uncle he hunts in uh, Michigan. Mm-hmm. He was saying that his wife couldn't eat uh, white tail steak because she didn't want to eat it because of how gamey it was. But when we got her moose that she 
loved it. I I don't I don't hmm. know. That's just one person's opinion. Yeah, I haven't I had any moose. I haven't had any moose that tastes gamey. I think that it has a lot to do with how you take care yep. of the meat, man. I'm a firm believer in how the meat is taken care yeah. of is has a huge part yeah. of oh, yeah. you know what it's going to taste like in the long run. I I grew up where um, I I ate a lot of game meat simply because I didn't want to be hungry. Yeah. It didn't taste good. Yeah. I just didn't want to be hungry, <laughs> so I ate it. I think that had to do with how how that thing lived prior before it died, and and then how quickly it died. Because they're you know you you're living on a snow machine out in the boonies. Some of these things are going to get chased by a snow machine. Yeah. They are, yeah. and then they're going to get shot in the rump by somebody on a snow machine chasing it. And then it's going to end up in the soup pot. And it's not going to taste that good. No, no, I, no I, I believe there's a huge difference. There's a correlation in between how quickly and efficiently something is killed and how it tastes. Through the heart and it falls over is if they have no idea you're there. You yeah. put them, you put one through the heart, and it falls over. And yeah. It's a yummy animal. Mm-hmm. You chase that thing for two or three hours on a snow machine, then no shoot good. it in the ass. No yeah. good. And it's not a. I don't. Which, by the way, is illegal. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Chasing is there are some units where position yeah you yeah and now that's air quotes positioning air quotes positioning yeah. is not and that we could tie that into the whole there's so much crap we could go into with anyway so <laughs> <laughs> so I done forgot where I was going with that I'm sorry meat taste meat, meat taste, taste yeah. yes so if if you end up spending a bunch of time trying to position on this animal and shoot it in the bum and i'm not oh i was going for ethics this isn't a discussion i don't think where i grew up it was about ethics or not it was about whether or not you're going to be buying meat at extortionate prices at the ac store or you were going to be eating something that cost you a tank of gas. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I don't mean to be bad mouthing the AC stores. They charge what they have to to be able to run their business because you got to deal with the cost of freight and the, you know, on top of the cost of getting, getting beef. It's just, it's a mess. The cheapest way to survive out in the woods is, or out in the village was harvesting food from wherever you could versus the ac store so that brings me makes sense what's to me. what's all right what would you say us white guys would think is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten uchuk what's that that is the yupik word for penis <laughs> I'm not kidding. Can't, can't say can't say I've ever gone there. <laughs> oh, so, <yeah. laughs> wow. Back to my native grandpa. Um, I helped my cousin unload a moose from his boat into the the truck back in the village, and then some of that moose made it across the bay to my grandpa. So I walk into my grandpa's house a day or two later, and he's got a galvanized tub in the middle of his living room. He's sitting in his favorite chair. And you can see the antlers and the moose nose sticking out of this galvanized tub. So I walk in. My Yupik name is the Daukohuk, and my grandpa had his own nickname that he liked to call me. So I walk in. Grandpa Gumpashi reaches into the bottom of the galvanized tub and pulls out this, I don't know, foot, foot and a half, whatever, long piece of fatty white meat. And he's like, you want some uchuk? Yupik word for penis. I'm looking at that moose dong like, no, thank you, Gumpusi. 
I'm good. I would rather eat moose nose soup first, is what I thought. But, you know, you don't say that kind of thing to your grandpa. You just say, no, thank you. He was teasing me anyway. He didn't expect me to eat it. Apparently, it's some kind of delicacy only the elders get, because I don't remember seeing it on the table later. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, I wasn't going to eat that. So that's Yupix? What? Yupik. I'm Yupik Eskimo, yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, and that's funny is, you know, we went mu- mm. muskox hunting and down there, and I'd done some videos with that. And, uh, Nunavak? And, uh, was that on Nunavak Island? It or? wasn't. No? That's all I'm going to say is it wasn't. Oh, oh. It was <laughs> complete. I didn't have a tag, but my mm-hmm. dad had a tag. and um, But uh, in the one of the captions for the vi- video, I, I said, you know, we landed and we're staying in this Eskimo village and someone, how dare you call them Eskimos? I'm like, well, they seemed kind of uh, so. like everybody we met was like, or I said the Yupik Eskimo village. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And... I don't know. Everyone I met there was like, "Oh yeah, the Eskimo way," and right, and then some, you know. So I then like some it, white I guys like, telling you you can't I'm say like, that. Was, <laughs> sorry, who I, was it that was offended? Was it yeah. a native it or some, some? It was some white, white lady okay. down in so exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't, my intent is not to speak bad about white ladies because I married one, but white ladies have seemed to be some of the, some of the most offended on behalf of others. Like, look, Isn't that funny? Yeah. Like, let, look, you, you've got no reason to worry about this person not being offended, okay? They'll be offended when they're damn good and ready. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> Stop picking their fights for them. Jeez. Which, grab this, the seal seal skin hat <clears throat> that I uh, I got when we were out there on that muskox trip. And uh, the deal was we stayed with Nick had got in touch and, and kind of had a couple contacts out there because he'd been out there before. Mm-hmm. And we arranged we stayed stayed in this guy's house and. Um, I brought, I brought three or four foxes, like, like a ranch silver fox and stuff. Cause I need, you know, old Yupik ladies, like there's going to be some skin oh, sewers yeah. out there. Oh yeah. And I, I brought four fox and told, told the guy we were staying with that his mom could pick one to have, you know, just as a gift. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she went for the ranch the ranch silver she's i've been wanting one of these one one of these for so long and nice and we'd seen a couple and i wanted i've been wanting a sealskin hat for a long time and uh had and a couple of the kids had brought some by and weren't quite like you could see a lot of stitching and stuff you know Mm -hmm. we're just a little rough and so i uh I wish I could look at the inside of this hat so I could see how she sewed it. Because seal skin, it's got short hair, yeah. relatively short hair. It looks but like I, she had to make the, the stitches, and we're looking at this hat, like yeah. it, it pulled the, the two sections together yep. and stitched it inside. She, she she did, but I would still like to see, well, we're, we're not going to cut your hat. No, we're not going to cut my hat. Absolutely not. <laughs> but you, there's hardly, so when when you sew a hat, if you if you're sewing a fur hat, generally you fold the the two. I mean, imagine your hands in front of you, and you bend your fingers and push your knuckles together. That's yep. how you sew the fur together, and you sew the fingertips together. 
so that uh, so you can't see the you can't see the stitches, but but with just leather with just leather that would you, be exposed. You do different, and then it was no, pointed that, out to me on oh, my what hat I did with your hat was I put a welt in the, exactly. between the seams to help protect them exactly. And with, I was told by somebody that I know that his mom makes fur hats and yeah. stuff that that is something that's lost over time that a lot of people don't do that anymore and well, when i was showing my hat it's difficult they were blown away they were like who made this hat this is incredible not many and, people and do and it temple like does, this anymore temple makes fur hats I do. yeah i do and mitts and stuff what's, like that. what's real nice about this hat is how little material went into the seam it's so so when you when you press it between your fingers at the seam you hardly feel a ridge there at all she was a very meticulous yeah. sewer. But I, uh, so she came over and picked her fox, and I don't know, she was probably, looked like she was probably in her, eight, you know, 70s or 80s. And I said, you know, I, I really want to get a, a sealskin hat. Do you have any? And after I'd given her this fox, so I think that helped, you know, right. grease yeah. the wheels a little bit, and she came back with that one. That was by far the nicest one I'd seen. It was a sweet hat. And I can't remember what she... And she said, oh, but for the fox, you know, she, you know, kind of discount, but I just, yeah. I just gave her all of, all of what she, you know. Right on. What she needed or what she, her quote unquote normal price. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I was like, no, that's, that's worth it to me. That's like yeah. a work of art, you it, know. It really is. And some of the different things, I, I would assume that a lot of those ladies do like a few of these little details their mm -hmm. own way so that. I imagine you know, anyone out. out around there would know who made the hat. They would. They would. They would know. They would know because of the the shape of the pattern. Mm -hmm. They would know because of the type of uh, uh, decoration hanging off the side. This one's got a couple little flaps of. Uh, it's a sealskin shell with beaver inside the cheek and around the nape of the neck and a beaver forehead. But it's also, and the two here sitting here can clearly see that is for the benefit of the listeners. And it's got these two little uh, beaver fur baubles with beads on the outside. Uh, people from that region would have a good idea of who made that. And if they didn't know who made that, they would know who taught who made that. Um, and the real cool thing about this is it comes, it narrows at the at the top of the neck, the bottom of the hat. Uh, that's something I've been kind of fooling around with my patterns because I I bought my patterns from a from a store. I didn't get my my patterns from any little old lady. They they wouldn't share their their yeah. their super secrets. There it's it's something perfected over generations. So I bought mine from the store and have tweaked them, but this one tapers at the neck to fit around the the bottom of your head where yeah. it goes forward, and that's that's. That's wonderful. And there's probably not a warmer hat on this planet. Uh, uh, maybe an all beaver hat, but that would be too warm for for most for ninety nine and a half percent of people's uses. All beaver is too and he, too and warm. Even I, this, if it's not twenty thirty below, you can't wear it when you're doing anything. Yeah. Temple gave me a hat here last. I didn't give you fall. that. You shot that probably through, you know. Well, you know, whatever. You gave me a hat is what it comes oh, down to. I, I enjoy going out shooting beavers with you. It's shooting fun. beavers is fun. Yeah. yeah. Man, that's a good but, time. Oh, you should, what, I think what you said was I came over to your house one day and you were like, it's about time you got yourself a beaver hat. You've shot plenty of beavers for me. 
Something get, like that. Get one out of there that fits and you like and it's yours. Yeah. At any rate, back to what you were saying, unless it's 20 below zero, you can't wear the thing. It's, it's yeah, too, they're, they're too they're warm. warm. They are very, I've, very warm hats. I've, I've actually had people come back and say, look, I'm, I'm not buying this hat you're selling here because that'll be too warm. You need a wool shell. Too warm. Too warm. Too warm. What do you mean too warm? So I started making wool shelled hats, and you know they they selling out. They sold. So I need to get my hands on more wool. Apparently, I need more wool. Well, apparently, at this fiber mill over here, you can bring your dog's shed hair, and they'll turn it in. That is a giant no for this guy right here. I have seen what that husky rolled in. No. Real thing though, but uh, good for them, happy for them, bless them <laughs> for real. For real, where is this? I think it's just up the hill over here. Oh, really? Yeah, I've not heard joking. of that. I've seen that on the, the Gold Stream community page. I've seen it, <laughs> and uh, uh, Temple's a troll on there, <laughs> just yeah, a little bit. <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm all for I'm all about respectful debates, respectful, open, honest debates. But you know, man, for for eleven group of hippies, they sure do resort to cursing your family real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, but oh, uh, boy, shoot, what the heck was I? People getting offended. Oh, yeah. so no. <laughs> Another th- thing you notice, like there was another podcast I listened to, they're like pretty well known guy, and you see, like I see this mentality like growing because a lot of these people, and I think a lot of it's because these people down, and I'll try to clear this up um, as I'm going. I think a lot of people in the states have to deal with these like anti-hunting wackos all the time, so you know. It's like people getting super, like you see these prominent people, oh, I'm just hunting for meat or, or this guy, mm-hmm. you know, basically talking like, oh, well, if I ever killed a, killed a brown bear or grizzly bear, like, heck yeah, I'd eat it. It'd be a, it'd be a sin not to. Until you try and I'm And I'm like, okay, so, but it's like all these people that they don't know what hunting, you know, because like the, the I hunt just for me excuse but these people, like, they don't know what really hunting just for meat is like you do. So, like, like you were kind of talking yeah, about earlier. Like, yeah. like, I'm not getting any meat if I don't. Yeah, yeah. Now, even, even where I came from, there was... I'm trying to make sure I word it right, you know? <laughs> Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do that the, right up. You're going to piss somebody off. <laughs> well, the, the, the word for bear where I'm from is jagayak, which literally translates to monster. These are the kind of critters. My grandpa, my native grandpa told me about this. Bears digging up fresh graves to eat because they were that hungry. Mm-hmm. And that is a monster. That really is. Now, there, I've eaten interior black bear, and I've eaten interior brown bear, and it's good meat. These aren't critters that have been eaten, float up, wash up seals and whales and 
and stuff that would gag a raccoon or nothing. Yeah. Uh, the coastal brown bears, the coastal bears are eating a completely different nasty diet. And if you can stomach it, eat it. Uh, nobody I grew up around back home ever talked about how good black bear was. Like I, the first black bear I shot over bait, I cut his ribs off like short ribs and burnt them on the grill. And they were to die for. Mm-hmm. Black chewy. bear ribs are delicious. They were a little chewy because of how fast I cooked them. But... Man, they were good. They were just so good. I've heard of people trying to cook coastal brownie in the kitchen and clearing out the house. Like, sell the house, burn it down, don't care. That's enough of that. One yeah. of the first bears that I ever guided, brown bear, I was like, I can't believe that all this meat just sits there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, well, I'm going to cut a piece off of it. And I brought it back, and they were like, you're not cooking that in the kitchen. Put that outside on the grill on the deck. We've tried this. We've done this. <laughs> we've, we've, this. <laughs> we've done this multiple times, <laughs> thinking that this is a lot of useful meat and it's tastes horrible. Well, but you but, can try all you want, but do it on the grill outside. Yeah. So I cooked a piece up, and you can't stomach it. It's disgusting. But, and I guess where I'm getting where I'm getting with this is like, you know, people. Oh well, well then you should never kill them. Yeah, there's a purpose for this. And and same thing with like like I imagine this guy probably. I would be shocked if he would ever kill a wolf. You know, just from stuff. But, like, there's people like that. Well, all oh, if you're not going to eat it, don't kill it. Well, you kill that bug, you can eat that. You There is a purpose for all of this. Exactly. There's a purpose. Now, back home, the purpose was to keep that thing from digging up your graves and keep it from, more importantly keeping it from competing with your food source so you yep. don't have to dig more graves now that's not that's not a recent line of thought but that doesn't mean that it isn't the line of thought that's easily let go yeah so most bears that stood still long enough back home died it we was just we and it maybe it's different now i don't know but you've you've got to eat. People have to eat. When you when you think about it, uh, people have to eat so bad. So food is so important that we subsidize. <laughs> you hear the can opener? <laughs> subsidize <laughs> can opener that we subsidize farming super heavily in this country, and we protect them so voraciously, so vehemently with pesticides and all that other crap to ensure that we eat. That's how important food is. And that's how important it was in in rural times when you killed every bear you saw because it was competition for your food source. Now, that's not necessarily the way it needs to be today, but I'll shoot every bear that stands still during legal season so that I can either A, eat it, or B, salvage its hide and it won't compete with me for the food source no more. Yeah. Because firstly, they taste good, and B, moose taste good, and their fur looks cool. I'm going to eat it or wear it. Yeah. It's just the way it is. I'm going to eat it or wear it. I hope we didn't step in it too hard. Oh, I, I think so. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> no. No, not at all. If so, who cares? You won't hear about it. I might hear about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Make sure you forward that to me. Yeah. I would love to read it. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to spend hours at a keyboard framing my response to anything we get to this. But that's the thing. Like, I, 
And I've thought about, like, I wonder what exactly it is, because obviously, like, where I hunt grizzly bears, it's like there is a lot of them, and they kill a lot of moose. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, like, a reason, but I also like doing it. Like yeah. Like trapping wolves. Yeah. There's there's lots of purposes to trapping wolves. Their their fur is nice and warm and it's durable and it's beautiful and long and makes a great hat or rug or whatever you're gonna do with it. And B, they eat moose babies. They, they do. They, they eat moose babies. And, yeah, and they eat full grown moose. Yeah, they they absolutely will. Anybody that tells you that wolves only eat the sick and lame that ain't gonna survive. No way. There's not that many sick and lame though. All that moose. No. They were eating, killing so many moose where I got that wolf last winter. It was mind-blowing to me. Yeah. They're they're eating everyone that will let them. Or or they're, excuse me, they're killing everyone that will let them. Yeah. They might not eat the whole thing. They might eat the bung and the tongue and then move on. Yeah, I've seen that. Seen that several times, too. And some of them that they never come back to you know i mean it's i think i think whether it's you know bears or wolves like predators are kind of just opportunistic there's something in them that they have an art like hey we it's like hey bo hey bob we we can kill that thing right over there let's do it yeah Yeah, but what what i've seen in the past and i could be off on this a little bit but wolves will kill to kill oh yeah bears don't just kill and walk away. They'll post up. Yeah, they seem to post up and hang out, and they'll eat and eat. They and do eat seem to and I, eat. And I eat. think it's because wolves are more capable than a single bear. A pack of wolves is more capable than a single bear. Yeah, that that's what I think. I'm. Mm. I'm, I'm. No, it, you hear about it, it all the time, sense, though. Yeah. Moose that are just killed or caribou, especially mm. that are they're like. Guts ripped out of them, and they're dead. The, well, they'll and they like in the Scheibel video take where right they, off. You know they the Scheibel video. This is my Alaska, where the, mm-hmm. you know they showed, and it's like widely documented where in the spring those wolves can smell which cows are pregnant. Yeah, well, they'll yeah. kill them, eat the tongue, and eat the fetus, and, and then, then on to on, the next. You know? Yeah, that's like my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> I only brought my 22 because I was hunting ptarmigan, but that pregnant cow right there. Which, another thing that's would be fun to talk about while you're here, a while back, you probably saw it, My uh, or I did a, well, it was a digital little kind of top 10 list of my, oh, the, the, my top cartridges. 10 moose cartridges. And I based my selections on like what I have used and know people to use and what's Kind of if, if I, you know, literally like what I, from my experience, like what are what, the top 10 moose cartridges? <laughs> what works? And a couple of them were like, <laughs> no, I've used this and it works great. Like it, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. You know, you can all, you could argue till the sun goes down oh, yeah. about that stuff. It's going to be different for everybody. One that I did not put in there and it was just an oversight was a 303 British because I'm not Canadian. Yeah. Who, who, and, and you who don't in see, North America but Canadians? Yeah, but uh, 243 was one of them, uh-huh. and I caught some serious shit from it. Do you know how many moose are killed every year in this state with 243? Exactly. A lot. <laughs> a lot of people. And you can, pro- like, you can explain that 
So 243 is an old round. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Everybody in the village had, or their cousin or their brother had, a 243, and they killed everything with it. If they were moose hunting and saw a ptarmigan, they could freaking head shoot a ptarmigan with it if they wanted. If they saw anything from a, a beaver, otter, moose, bear, if they needed to kill it to keep it from competing with the moose for them, they, 243. That was it. Grandpa shot everything with a 243. Seal hunting, moose hunting, 243. Yeah, I, I love my two forty three. That's these guys, awesome and, round. and a lot of people that are. And I mean, I was trying to be a little inflammatory because uh-huh. it's fun. It's getting because it is. It is fun, but also like I can stand behind that. I'm like, people have no idea the amount of moose, and it's when like, yeah, you know, if if I show up out there with my three seventy five ultra mag, you know, it's like all the. You know, guys like Temple are just going to laugh. Native guys will be like, what, you need that much gun for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have I killed a, a brown bear, because I guess interior they're grizzlies, coastal they're brown bear, with a Mini 14. That is a doornail, Mini 14. Yeah. I hit it twice. That is a doornail with 223. 243 would have been better. But 223 did 223 it. 223 did it. No problem. There, the whole gun debate thing. It's like, no, it's just it's just a mess. People think that you need a cannon. Well, no, I, mean, I always just start right off the bat. Just say it's shot. It all is shot placement. Yeah, all and, of it. And the cannons are more forgiving with poor shot placement. Yeah. They are, but if you've got a split second, just a split second longer, and people are going to argue till the sun goes down whether or not you're going to have that split second. Whatever. You can do it with the 243. You can do everything yeah. with the 243. Now, there, maybe, I don't know. You, I, I like hunting with a 338. And the only reason I like hunting with a 338 is because my neighbor gave me a Browning Auto 338. Because one spring I was going bear, bait, bear baiting. I was loading up the drums and he stops by and asked me, Hey, what you doing? He knew what I was doing. He'd done this before. He just wanted to talk about it because he doesn't do that anymore. All his kids grew up, moved out, so he doesn't have to feed them. So, hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm going bear baiting. Cool, that's awesome. What do you got for high-powered rifles? 270 Winchester. <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you got for a high power rifle? Two seventy Winchester. He goes, come here. So we go to his house. He opens his his gun safe, and the lights come on, and the angel starts singing. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful in there. And he pulls out this beautiful, you know, pristine, nothing like it looks now, but stainless, <laughs> pristine, not stainless, blued, but it didn't have any stains on it. Browning Auto three thirty eight with a loophole scope, and he says, here. Use this. I'm like, what? What? Use it. Use it now. Use it next year. Use it the year after. Maybe one day I'll come back for it, but go kill stuff with it. So that's why I hunt with a 338. Temple Diller would never spend more money than a 30 out six, but I hunt with a 338 because of that. I don't kind of forgot where I was going with this. Oh, no, you don't big, need a cannon. You, a cannon yeah, is nice exactly. if you can if you can afford it and manage the recoil, but you don't you don't need it. Yeah. Well, last year was the first the first time I got a hold of a three use a three hundred Win Mag. That's a great round if you can stomach it. I and can't. I, and 
I like it. it. And especially, you know, you almost have to get up to the heavier bullets to really like for it to really stand out above the 30 out six. Cause yeah. I mean, 30 out six is just fantastic. It is. Mm. Um, but I've been mean, this other one I got and I shot, shot that moose like 400 with it, which arguably same thing with a 30 out six, you know, would have, I would had the exact same result, but, uh, I've been trying to work up a load for this this one I have now. And the other day when I shot like 50 or 60 rounds, I was having to put the little sweatshirt behind yeah. the buttstock by the end oh. of the day. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. I have a 300 short mag. Uh, yeah, it's and a sweet gun. It is a sweet gun. I'm glad it's dialed in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to shoot that too much either. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, same thing like my... 375 Ruger. Ugh. Love that rifle. It's a thumper. I it don't really is. have much use for it other than brown bears or like a lot of, you know, a lot of sometimes that's my bait gun, mm-hmm. tracking bears gun. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's about the only thing I can think of where you absolutely should have a little more thump is when you're, when you're guiding and you're tracking something that was questionably hit. That's yeah. The, yeah, the, when you're in the brush and you're you're tracking something that's, you know, firstly it's a bear, they're not something to be toyed with, and secondly it's pissed off. That's the only time in my brain where I'm like, wow, I would really like a three seventy five yeah. or forty five seventy or something like that because because. Those, and there's a lot I of people those... that are like that would say, oh, even like I've read like, you know, pretty well known like gun writers. Oh, you, you know, really should use a three seventy five for moose. Why? Well, I think that those guys' dad guided brown bears down there for I don't know, over 45, 40, 45 years or whatever, Roy. With a two forty three, right? Two forty three. Yeah. Josh all killed those, his all those years. Two forty three, it's all he guided with. Brown bears, coastal. Well and then, you know, Nakia, he shot that eleven foot brown bear, three oh eight. Yeah. I know several other people. Three hundred eight, bam! It's a yeah. really good round. The three hundred eight. Well, and, and is that three hundred eight? And especially with the bullets you can get now, mm-hmm. like it's just weird. It's it's not stepping even going from a three hundred eight to a three hundred win mag because a three hundred eight in a lot of ways with the right loads is almost as good as thirty out six. It's a good round. And a thirty out oh, yeah. six up till you get to like the real, you know. 200 grain or heavier bullets and can really push it yeah. is is right there not far behind a 300 mag yeah do you guys either of you know the name joe want oh yeah yeah I, yeah i don't know him but i i've met him several <laughs> he, times he's a cool old summit <laughs> i like that guy he he guided uh brown bear hunting he was one of the guys that would pack a cannon he would and hearing some of his stories there is absolutely a reason to have a cannon i i don't because i'm not guiding people who winged something and it ran into the alders so i i don't but he hunted with a literal elephant gun i forget which exactly nitro express yeah a side-by-side nitro express and i Mm. asked joe somebody joe told me the story joe why do you hunt with such a big gun well, you know, I hunt with this because the next size up comes on wheels. 
but he also did a lot of recovery where the bear was already you know a bear and wounded and pissed off yeah i'm not trying to say that there is no time and place for the cannon i'm saying that if you take that split second longer you don't need it most of the time He's in fishing game. He was when dealt with my sheep. Yeah, he's last been working year. with them on that sheep study. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. What? <laughs> go no. Go ahead. I, I don't want to tell his stories for him. He'd be a cool one to have on here if if you could convince him to do it. But uh, he's got some cool old stories about when he first got to Kodiak. Uh, you know. Before the Marine Mammal Protection Act, yeah, he's he's got some cool old stories. Yeah, some of the old timers around here that have the that have been there and done that don't want to talk. They about They don't it. want to talk about I mean, it. On and you. it's hard to argue with them about yeah. that. Oh no, really you know, is. obviously, you know, respect there, but oh, some of the stories I've heard, and it's wait, anybody can listen to that? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. If I ever run for office, I know this is going to come up and bite me. But I'll be like, yep. What office are you going to run for? Kimball? I don't know yet. I'm only 31 years old. I got a long time to figure this crap out. going to become a politician. I hate oh. the idea, but I can't <laughs> fix it from screaming on my porch. <laughs> or Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so satisfying. <laughs> and at least the world will see that those are the crazy, unreasonable people. And there's Temple Dillard, uh, <laughs> bone-chewing barbarian, who is being calm and using big words. Because despite all... <laughs> He's like, honey, where's my thesaurus? <laughs> it's in my phone. <laughs> Because despite all appearances, uh, I've got a broad uh, vocabulary. You do too. Yeah, no, you. I, I see every every. I see those temple pop up for president. One day, maybe, oh, maybe Trump yeah. won. Come on, <laughs> right? Exactly. Who'd have thunk? Hey, oh, this is the wrong place for it, but I'm gonna do it anyway. You know what the difference is between Putin and Hillary? That. Putin can win an election rigged in his favor. <laughs> oh my God. We can edit that out. <laughs> or leave it. Or leave it. <laughs> I don't know how to edit these. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. I saw it on Facebook. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, what the heck? So, these mud motors. Yeah, you, yeah. I sell Swamp Runner mud motors. I bought my first one four or five years ago. I can't recall. And uh, it's so simple and light and fuel efficient that I had to I had to try to share these. Yeah. Because I like them that much. And these are a, because, uh, I mean, I guess for the listener, most of the people around here run jets. Jets and outboard. You know, outboard, outboard jets. Inboard jets, outboard jets, or they're staying on the big rivers running props. Yeah. And and these uh, swamp runners are surface drive, like air-cooled uh, surface? They're, they are air-cooled, but surface drive is something that was uh, devi- devised by the American mud motors. Surface drives have either a chain or a belt that goes from the outdrive, excuse me, the output shaft of the engine down to a prop shaft and then back of the boat. oh i see uh long tails be they american or 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 north uh, korean like north the ones you're selling 
they come off of the output shaft and go back of the boat. American mud motors come up with a U-joint that changes the angle of the uh, of the prop shaft from the angle of the output shaft downward, and then they have to put a cavitation plate over the prop, which dictates the prop's relationship with the water. What I'm selling comes straight off the back of the engine, same angle as the output shaft, and it therefore does have a longer shaft, but there's no loss in the U-joint. And it goes straight back there to the water. And uh, it's simple. There's no U-joint to fail. There are no bearings. To, there is one bearing up in the coupler shaft where if you grease it like you should, it should never fail, but you could change it. And it's bushings down the prop shaft till the, the propeller. Uh, it's simple. There is no water pump to fail. There's only the one bearing outside of the engine. And it's... I like it. Air like cooled. It. Does it have like a Air radiator? Cooled. There is no. There, there might be some motor somewhere that you could devise to fit to the kit that is liquid cooled, but mm -hmm. I, I don't fool around with that. I'm, I'm air cooled all the way. The only reason that I would have a liquid cooled outboard again for would be the ocean. Yeah. Uh, if I move to the banks of the Yukon, maybe I'd get a liquid cooled outboard, but. Uh, no, I, I do enough different crap where the the mud motors seem to do it all good enough for me. Like they, they get you up on step good, yeah. and yeah. how do they, um, do you end up dinging them up in gravel, or can you? So I've, I've literally pushed these aluminum props on, on the Swamp Runner kits into the gravel to get a grab and gotten up on step and took off wow. and not broken one that's not to say that they don't break because they do they're the propeller is designed to be the weak point the shear pin yeah yeah if you will of the entire system and what he's re sorry what he's referring to like in shear pins like in a uh in an outboard jet um the the crankshaft comes down out or the drive shaft comes down out of the motor and that's spun and the impeller, which sucks water into the jet unit, goes on top of the drive, goes over the drive shaft, and there's a little pin in there that's designed to be the weak link. If you get a rock stuck in there or something, it'll just shear that pin off and not damage your motor or your drive shaft. Anyway. Well, what do you have to do to change your shear pin? I have to take the foot off, drop the impeller off, mm -hmm. and put the new pin on. How many bolts and nuts is that? Gonna make me do talk numbers. A bunch. <laughs> it's a bunch. It's so. like set. Like, is it is it eight or is it? Um. Oh man, I think six bolts to take the foot off, and then a nut to take the impeller off, okay. and shim. You got shims and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So the the shear pin on on the swamp runners is the propeller, which you know some people in places are gonna say, "Wow, that's just asking for a disaster." Well, what happens if the shear pin breaks on a jet or the 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 uh, the output shaft or key it should have shears, an extra proper right. shears on the on the back of a an American mud motor? Well, you're pretty damn screwed. But what happens if the prop breaks on my swamp runner? I don't know. They're cheap. I put a new one on and get going. That's it. It's one lock nut and lock washer on the back of there. I pull that off. I knock the prop off. I put a new prop on. And then I keep going. Which you should 
if but you're wondering. And you've never broke one. I have not broken one. I've yeah. dinged them up. I've shortened them. I've filed off the curls, and I've kept using them. Yeah. There are people who are out there who break props on their first outing. I can't explain well, it. Whatever. Oh, Just, people break stuff. Yeah. But they had spares because these props are cheap. And by cheap, I mean inexpensive. Carry, you know, you carry shear pins, right? Shear pins and an extra impeller. Yeah. I carry. No, my, I don't. With this new motor, I it's a stainless impeller, so uh-huh. I, I just carry extra sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But speaking of all this, like, extra stuff, because running the river, you learn what you need to have mm-hmm. to fix just about anything but a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And, uh. So what's what's the worst breakdown you've seen on the river? Not yourself necessarily, but someone else. <laughs> uh, we we back when I lived in the village, we dropped a motor off the back of the boat. That'll slow you nice. down in a hurry. <laughs> but you're right to paddle. It. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with the swamp runners, I can't think of. Uh, but like you know, just yeah. I was thinking, just stuff you've seen. I. Uh, Blown pistons, uh, tore up belts on surface drives, broken propellers. We Back home, we towed a guy back who broke the gears up in the lower unit of his Honda. It was a 45-horse Honda four-stroke. And that was when the lower units of Hondas were known to be a little weak. Yeah. I hope they've gotten better. Honda. But, uh, <laughs> you know, at the time, the Hondas were known to be a little weak in the lower unit. We towed them back 35, 40 miles. Yeah, I've done the riverboater walk of shame, and Frank's done it with me. <laughs> well, we didn't walk anywhere. We just got a fire going away to get picked up. <laughs> I'm smarter than that. <clears throat> it happens, though. Stuff breaks. Yeah, Boats, it, it does. doesn't even matter what it, does. what it boils down to. If you're in a boat, Some, something's yeah. going to break eventually. And I mean, just like any equipment. Yeah. Like, yeah. you really use it. Yep. Stuff's going to... What the the gear I would like to keep for my motor, I got a 35 brig swamp runner. What I would like get to the point where I keep um, an extra coil, grease because they do use grease, and um, props, lots of props. Oh, and I don't leave the I don't leave the boat ramp without I don't leave the boat ramp without uh, toilet wax ring. Fixing the boat. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a cheap, easy fix, and then you can melt it out of the boat mm-hmm. before you take it to the welder. Yeah. I never heard of that. That's a good idea. Boy, Go I Devil have. Stew told me about that. I used that. to carry one in my boat. Go Devil Stew told me about that. And Pack I, it into a t-shirt or anything and just jam it. It was, it was just in, I don't know, I, I broke a piece off, and I, what happened was I got to, I got to be in cocky. About running this stretch of Rocky River. It's never happened to me. <laughs> uh, well, happened to me. And the the boat met some sharp rocks. I didn't think much of it. We kept going. And at some point, I look in the bottom of the boat, and I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's an awful lot of water. What's going on here? And I look in the back of the boat, and I can see the sunlight shining on the bottom of the river through my boat. Oh, big hole. <laughs> It was quarter-sized. Mm-hmm. I beached the boat on the pea gravel back at camp and beat the hole shut with a. I with consider quarter-sized in a boat a big hole. Big hole. <laughs> yeah. 
Having had a quarter-sized hole, that's, well, that's no about, longer... That's about the size of your plug. Yeah. It ain't big no more. Take them water quick. <laughs> so I, I beat it shut and rubbed some wax on it, and we finished the caribou hunt. We did the moose hunt, and then it did beaver in the next spring. So with the toilet wax ring, I'm, nice. I'm sold on it. I don't yeah. go nowhere without it. I did break, or cr- break a rivet or cracked on either side of a rivet once yeah. I hit a stump pretty good. And no, the first time I hit a stump, I had it welded. Then I hit another one and broke the next, oh. the neck cracked the next one. And finally, because it was a real slow leak, just a little crack. Finally, I said, screw this, and just went and got some heavy-duty marine silicone and put it on the bottom yeah. of the boat. <laughs> Didn't leak for over a year. Yeah. I I was ripping along in my boat down there where I met yeah. you at one point in time yeah, before I met you down there. Sketchy, loggy, nasty. And I hit something down there. I don't know if it was rocks or a log or something like that, but I'm cruising along and... You know, you look back every once in a while to make sure everything's all right, and there's water shooting like five feet up, <laughs> straight up in the air where I had like bent, so it's catching water, and it's just spraying it like a fire hydrant straight in the air, and I was like, oh boy, I think I got a hole in the boat. <laughs> My uncle once used a twenty-two bullet, you know, an, an unshot one. Yeah. He shoved that in a rivet hole to... to nice to plug it, it up? Yeah. Nice. We'd gone picking murregs, and, and somebody who who's not going to be named here didn't manage the boat well enough when the tide was going out and mm. it ended up bouncing on some rocks and a rivet popped out so he is shoved that, a 22 bullet in there is that someone maybe you that didn't manage might the boat be already? wearing a ball cap that says swamp runner <laughs> <laughs> i kind of had that feeling <laughs> i caught some crap for that on the way home uh, oh, sure we're sinking temple yes i know <laughs> Oh, my uncle one time was well, kind of the maiden, maiden voyage of the spring after breakup in town. You know, I'd had my, we both brought our boats down there and I put mine in and tied it off and was up at the truck and he's putting his boat in or he dropped it off and pulled it up to tie up. And I go, Tyler, get down here. <laughs> Forgot to put the plugs in. Oh, oh man. This guy right here. <laughs> and, and I'm like reaching over the side I, and just the, the flow of water, I couldn't get the plug to stick. It's and luckily, so you know, I mean, he had enough power in that thing. We're running back up on the trailer and pull it up. And you wonder how often, every day someone's got to forget to put their plug yeah. in. Oh, That's happened to me more than once. Definitely. Well, slow learner. <laughs> I about <laughs> sunk the boat commercial fishing one year. Thought oh. my dad was going to lose his mind. Rightfully so. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we're... Gosh knows how long it'd been since we'd gotten to the net. You know, you you pull the plug to drain the rainwater, and you put the plug in. But before you start picking the net, you should. <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're looking at how how deep the boat is sitting in the water. Going, we don't have that much fish in the boat. <laughs> Pop puts his hand in the water, feels for the plug. Yeah, this guy right here forgot to put the plug back. Mm-hmm. It was bad. <laughs> Sometimes they fill up. Somebody, Rob's brother sent me a video. He had gotten um, a drone. Yeah. And he programmed it to follow his boat. And they were in oh, the China. And they so were cool. ripping on. It was really cool. Yeah. Things, like he had it 
set to just like stay right behind them or whatever. If we had had and they that- rip the boat for a ways and they pull over and then he had edited the video and it pans through and they're getting ready to go again and the drone takes off the back of the boat. It's like out of somebody's hand. And I looked on the video and I was like, man, that boat looks like it's almost sunk. <laughs> so I called him up and I was like, man, that video is super cool. But man, when you guys get going again, it looks like your boat is about to sink. Like, what did you guys have in there that was so heavy? He's like, I sent that video to like 50, 60 people. He's like, you're the only person that picked up on that. He's like, I never put the plug in the boat. And we put it in the water and just took off and we went like... 10 miles up the river <laughs> and then we pulled over and we were hanging out and he's like that's the reason we took off again is because i had to get all the water out of the back of the boat oh he's lucky he was able to get it on step yeah man. oh no yeah. i took one look and i was like man that boat really is sitting low in the water because for you know one little trick for those of you who don't know um really run any boat one way, quick way to drain if you, you know, you got mm. water accumulating in the boat, you get it on step where you're running on top of the water and pull the plug and all that water will drain out. But you do not come off a step because it'll come right back right in. Right back in. Right back quick. In. Yeah. Oh, man. That's fun. That reminds me one time I had, it was before I got my boat, I was running my dad's boat with a couple of buddies and I think it was like another one of the maiden voyage for the spring trips and we uh, we decided to pull over up toward this it, eh, kind of a cut bank to go look at something i can't remember what but my buddy kind of like half-ass ties the boat off and i'm like no no you tie i'm like we tie this thing off. off good my uncle told me so i'm telling this story about my uncle telling me about not tying his boat off good and having to go swimming oh, no. i'm pulling on the rope <laughs> and I'm pulling and the boat's going out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it was one of the cheap, like, you know, clips. Oh. And when I pushed up onto the bank, it must have popped the bow line off. Oh. So I'm pulling on the bow line. The boat's getting farther, and I see the end of it. And I, it was deep there. I don't know how. I only got wet from the waist down. <laughs> I dove in there. I must have dove and grabbed the bow and pulled myself up. You got to get that boat. You got to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we gotta. You gotta tie this off good. Let me show you. <laughs> I'm like, I uh, I twitch about that kind of stuff. I'll like run around one tree and typically go a lot of time if it's convenient. I'll go to another one yeah. too. Just like mm. that could. Re- you see how many trees you see leaning yeah, in the river all the time. It's like mm. hey, tie off to a couple of them just in case. You never can tell. It's easier to spend an extra 30 seconds than it is to spend oh. the night or oh. days. And what I've got to start doing, if it's, if it's for a length of time, I'll tie it off good and put it, wrap my anchor, put throw it over a tree. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I've been pretty lucky not having boats float away like that. But I'm, I'm religious about tying or anchoring good, too. I don't... I like carabiners. I do. But there, there are some things... Like, a good carabiner is only good if it's always ever under tension, it seems. Mm-hmm. If you get a slack and then the rope could wrap around it and unclip it. it e- easily unclips yeah. it, too. All you need is one loop over that clip. So I, I tie knots. Locker. I knot or I splice it. Well, for all my, I don't know, I mean, I, when I tie off, I tie just 
to what a tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, after that episode, I was like, none of this. When I got my boat, I went down and got a, uh, Oh, I feel so stupid. I don't even know what the actual term is for them, but you know, and it's I, like a chain link with a threaded. Oh, shackle. Yeah. 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 And so and that thing goes on the boat, that thing's screwed yeah. on and tight and it's not coming off. Not so shackle. And I've always seen when you put shackle on your anchor line, so you got anchor, chain, uh-huh. shackle yep. to line, yep. Yep. you wire your shackle, screw the, the, screw that goes into uh, the shackle that holds the link the last chain link to the shackle yeah that gets because there's a hole in that and you wire that I've, so that it can't spin. no i know what I've you're talking about now it's not that. shackles i'm using but those uh-huh. looks like a chain link but with a oh, threaded coupler quick link yeah. oh link. Yeah. yeah okay right what on I use yeah. on my traps you probably got them in here somewhere. yeah I, mm-hmm. I use them on a lot of mine too yeah which before we get out of here I, earlier this winter, we told the story of Frank's first wolf. Uh, <laughs> it was he caught it with Temple's trap. Yeah, caught it with Temple's <laughs> trap. Bitch. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, Temple I, I even I Temple even, hung up on me as soon as I, I called him and told <laughs> him did. that I caught a wolf. He said, "Fuck you," and he hung up on I'm me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I also said when I first loaned them to him. He tells me he's got wolves around him. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to loan you these traps. You're probably not going to catch anything I was with the, them. I was the same way. I, yeah. I wanted to go out, but I didn't have time to go out there and set it with him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you can't really tell someone how to do this. Yeah, you so I watched <laughs> YouTube and learned how to do it myself. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He calls me up. Hey, you'll never get... I got a fucking wolf. Click. <laughs> he straight up hung up on me. I was like, it, holy shit. It is so unsatisfying pressing that red button. I mean, I don't know. You back, back in the day when you slammed the phone down, that would have been much more satisfying. I had to call him right back and tell him, hey, dude, I am so happy for you, but you can go to hell. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to go kill it now. <laughs> Oh uh, man! Yeah, thanks for the chat, buddy. You're welcome. Yeah. I owe you a chat. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I gotta talk to Jr. Go get you a trap before before November, because you're probably not gonna miss this season, are you? I I'm not sure yet. My wife says that we've got a plan for me to trap this year. I'm I I am not hundred percent yet. Uh, I I don't know what she says. I love my wife. I really do. What she says makes sense when she's talking. And then later I look back and sometimes I go, huh? And it it's probably me. You know, I'm recorded, so I'll say that. <laughs> it's probably me. I don't get it sometimes when I walk away. But what she's saying makes sense when she says it. Yeah. It sounds like with, with my work and school and after school programs, I should be able to trap this winter. Here's hoping. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of cats this year. I know. Mm. The rabbits are everywhere. They're everywhere. My kids are driving me nuts. There's a rabbit. Let's shoot it. I'm like, no. Talking to one guy, said so he's already running the river. He's already seen five cats this summer. Really? From his boat? Yeah. That means Holy there's crap. a ton yeah. of cats. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Season two. Yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get all sort of wolves this winter. <laughs> it's gonna be another ten years before Frank catches another one. Yeah, right. Wait. Oh, I'll have one. We gotta get through we gotta get through hunt season first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't be 
Oh, sheep. Can't be counting them before they're in the basket. No. Uh, man, I can't. I can't wait to go sheep hunting. I'm excited for you. I might have to do it one of these years. I feel it coming on, but mm. the idea of walking away from my boat is just is difficult. You just got to keep walking. Because <laughs> believe me. Once you step off the boat, don't look back at it. Don't look back. Just keep don't walking away from Even it. Even the other day, you know, out there poking around, because the way I'll probably do it this year is like been doing it, just in a different area, is... uh four wheel and walk and i might be going probably going to be going by myself and it's tough to walk away from <laughs> like yeah. i'm kind of at first when i realized that i was going to be going by myself i was kind of like uh but now i'm kind of like i've embraced it i'm kind of excited to it's, be going it's, by myself it's fun like it's it's a, just a totally different deal if you get super lonely easy probably not a good thing to do it's weird. I've spent plenty of time doing stuff by myself. I think uh, that the the getting lonely part's not going to be a big deal. And now I got the old text box. Yeah, I'll be, able <laughs> be there to, three like, o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are you at? Well, Have I you seen will, any sheep today? I was <laughs> sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, and I I went on that short one before we went back and got mine. But that didn't really count. It was only like three days. Mm. But that one, it's it's cool. The cool thing about it is the focus. Like you're on a mission. Yeah. There's one goal. Which you're. I mean, and that's how it is when you go with two people too. You're you're still on the same mission, but it's just a different. Yeah, but the mission with two like people is two. Is two. You're, the mission with yeah. one person is one. <laughs> yeah. So. I've I've moose hunted by myself, but I again I was never that far from the boat. The you just got to step out of your comfort zone, Temple. It's it's gonna happen. It's just a question of work. Well, you just realize that it's not. I mean, you say step out of your comfort zone, but I don't know. It's not that bad. No, no, it's not. I mean, what I mean is like, and even I. Feel the what same type of things. Like it's what like you're what to. you're what you're used to. Yeah, because I mean, I still have. I mean, aside from when I go sheep hunting or do something like that, and living a pretty easy life, you know. Mm. So, but it's like just like it, it still is intimidating. You get up there, and you're like, man, these mountains are They're big. Mm -hmm. But you just like you just one, one step, step at, at a time, exactly, and. And you will get there, and it's like a lot of things in life. I think, you know, if you look at a whole thing in its entirety, it's super intimidating, but you break it down. I broke it down to my brother. I was talking to him tonight, and I was like, you know, I have no doubt that I can go in there and shoot a ram probably in the first couple of days, but it's that the weather yeah, is in, like lingers in the back of my mind all the time that you could go in for a 10 or 14 day hunt and sit in your tent the entire time yeah. and you have to realize Ugh. that that's a reality yeah. like that could happen yeah and that's where like you know talking to some guys it's like where i'm even this toke tag it's like well you should do really good you know it's like the only thing that'll 
really bugger you. It doesn't matter how good you are if you can't see Weather. anything. Exactly, man. If you get fog and if it starts raining and pouring and fogs up, it, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, no. it's out of your hands. And it's crazy just the variety of weather from even just from the two years, like the year before I went with, started going with you. Um, for 14 bl- days, we saw the sun one day and it was, ra- if it wasn't raining, it was snowing. And then the next year it was like 75 every day. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's and the cool then thing about being the year. And then the year after that, we got a foot of snow on August 10th. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Knocking it off the tent every 20 minutes. Like you can't leave the tent because it would be crushed under snow if you walked away from it. The the number nine trap guy's got a cool story about snow. If you can, Jr. Yeah, if you can get him on. Well, yeah, I've actually I was we were gonna I was gonna get him on here this winter and we just never it never lined up. But yeah, he's a really cool guy. He's awesome. He's those pictures that are in skips of the ram jumping across the. Like jumping across a creek or something like that. Skip's got some pictures of some rams. I don't think he took those because I, I I've met the guy that took those ones that like Savage River ram. I don't know if where that's he's swimming across the river. I know, but Jr. But does have like some really he's got good pictures, cheap pictures that say Jr. Peterson oh, on the bottom of yeah. them, hanging right inside Skip's front door. He's got some phenomenal ones. He's yeah, just, he's a uh, he's a cool outdoorsman, and he's fun to talk to. And it's funny because he and I haven't talked to him in a long time, like in depth. But I remember because he's he's never really been into sheep hunting, but he like I oh, decided to go one year, took his bow and killed one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, my uh, my teeth are floating, yeah. so we probably better wrap this up. But yeah, it's been great to have you. Thanks, temple man. and we will definitely have to do it again it was fun yeah it's not as nothing to it i, I was a little nervous i'll be honest <laughs> see the butterflies yeah. i gotta go puke guys he said on, on the way over he's like i'm a little nervous about this i was like it's just like sitting down telling hunting stories with boys drinking some beers treat it just like that and it'll be fine yep so and that's all it comes down to yeah pretty much anyway and hopefully uh hopefully you guys have listeners out there have gotten a, a couple pieces of useful information but uh we will uh, definitely try to keep keep a little more regular after this hiatus <laughs> tundra talk is still on so uh yeah thanks guys it's been great and thanks uh for if, having me. yep no problem and if uh you guys have any questions or comments you can email podcast at tundra talk thank you <laughs>